I want you to take your Bible, open it to two places. Uh, Micah chapter 4 and Romans chapter 5. Micah 4. If you don't know where Micah is, fake it and look on the screen in just a moment. <laughs> Chad, let's put up the Romans passage first, please. Romans 5, 17. My subject today, is there no king in thee? Is there no king in thee? Verse 17, Romans 5. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. How many know that if sin reigned to death, it's in order for us to praise God that through grace and righteousness given by Christ, we are able now to reign in life. Look at somebody say, neighbor, it's time to reign. Now go to Micah chapter 4, verse 9. Micah chapter 4, verse 9. Now why dost thou cry out aloud? Is there no king in thee? Is thy counselor perished? For pangs have taken thee as a woman in travail. Is there no king in thee? Look at your neighbor and ask him, neighbor, is there a king in you? I don't know if they appreciated it, so look over at the other neighbor and tell them, say, is there a king in you? Let's pray. I love you, Jesus. I'm thankful that you've called me out of darkness into your marvelous light. I'm grateful for the grace that rescued my falling soul. I'm thankful for mercy that kept me from having, from having what I deserved and grace that gave me what I didn't deserve. I'm thankful, Father God, that you've given me people in my life, Lord, who've taught me the way of truth and righteousness. And today, oh God, I'm asking you to teach us in this place. Teach us truth about who we are in Christ. Open up our hearts and minds and let us understand and know let us receive revelation as to our identity in Jesus. I pray today that someone would be stirred up out of a posture of defeat into a posture of victory. And we thank you, God, today for what you've intended from the foundation of the world to do in this meeting. And I praise you, God, that before we leave, every person who has felt overcome, defeated, and overwhelmed by the vicissitudes and the problems of this life, today they're coming back. Today they're bouncing back. Today they're rising up. Today I thank you in advance that somebody is going to remember the king that is in them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen. You can be seated. Uh, let me just kind of intro this message this way. So, sometimes because of the gracious, gracious nature of our 
Father, we uh, stumble onto things that surprise us that we weren't expecting and you just kind of have to know those moments when they happen that God is trying to say something or do something or manifest or perform something in your life you weren't expecting. And for me, that happened last week as I was preaching. I really felt like God in that sermon last week, somewhere in that message last week, God began to touch my heart and say, I want you to press in a little deeper with this thing regarding the king, the king in us. How many were here last Sunday? We talked last Sunday about the kings of Israel and Judah and the seat of authority, the throne on which the kings were to sit. And then we come uh, to the end of that message and we talked about how Joash was the lineage of David, of the lineage of David was created for that seat of authority, but somebody had his seat. God had to remove that person and put Joash, the rightful heir, in the place of authority. And I don't know where it happened last week, but God really began to work in my spirit about this thing of kings and this thing of the king in us. Uh, I am grateful for all of the revelation that has begun to infiltrate the church, and I believe it is a thing that God has inspired and induced uh, but it is a revelation of the kingdom of God. I don't know if you've heard it or not, or you can put your finger on it or not, but to me it seems obvious that in the last several years, God has really begun to put a magnifying uh, uh, glass on the message of the kingdom in the house of the Lord. I think God is fed up with religion, and I think God is tired of people going through church emotions. I think God is really wanting his people to be a kingdom-advancing agency in the house of the Lord, uh, in, the, in the earth, in the nation, in the city that God's planted us, how many would agree with us that the church is not just an organization, it's not just an institution, the church is the ecclesia, the called out legislative body of heaven, and on earth we are to preach not just a message of the gospel, don't miss this, we are to preach the gospel, but we are to preach the gospel that Jesus preached. And the gospel that Jesus preached is the gospel of the kingdom. The Bible tells us that he preached the kingdom everywhere he went. The first message he preached when he walked up on the scene was a message of the kingdom. The first thing John the Baptist preached when John the Baptist came up on the scene was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The first message the disciples preached when he sent them out in Luke 9 is the message of the kingdom. The first message they preached after he died and rose again was the message of the kingdom. Why? Because the kingdom of God is God's eternal, perfect plan being manifested in the earth. And I don't know about you, but I don't want us to waste our time, our energy, our resource, resources preaching a kingdom that is not the kingdom of God. I don't want us to focus all of our attention even on just growing this church. There is something bigger in the earth going on than our local churches. And if churches don't buy into the message of the kingdom, the kingdom will never be advanced because we will spend all of our time, all of our resources, and all of our energy promoting ourselves rather than reminding the earth that there is a king who has a kingdom and one day he's coming back and those who are faithful now will rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Amen. There is a king assignment on your life. There is an assignment to operate in authority as a king and priest of God. Now, 
because of this kingdom message that has permeated the house of the Lord, minds are beginning to change. People are beginning to think more strategically. Come on. I'm grateful that one day I believe in the rapture. Can I just get that off my chest? I believe we're going to heaven one day. I believe in the rapture. But sometimes in the past, we were so rapture-minded that we were no earthly good. I want to be ready to go, but I want to know what to do in case he wants me to stay a while. Y'all ain't helping nobody today. We keep jumping up off the ground trying to do rapture drills and God is trying to get us to plant our feet on cities and communities and tell the devil you cannot have Chattanooga. Yes, we're going to heaven, but before we go, we plan on breaking down some strongholds and we plan on seeing Jesus in us run the devil out of business. The kingdom message has begun to infiltrate the hearts and the minds of the people in churches where the kingdom is being taught. Now, because the kingdom message, and I'm easing into this, but because the kingdom message has really begun to take hold and root and become a pillar of revelation in the house of the Lord, it has, as a byproduct, a proper identity, um, began to help the people of God realize who they are in Christ. A byproduct of preaching the kingdom is that people become more equipped with an understanding of who they are in God. I'm going to say it one more time. A byproduct of preaching the kingdom of God is that people sitting underneath that preaching should become more aware of who they are in Christ. When you start talking about the kingdom, you shift from a church member to a kingdom ambassador. Oh God, I don't have time to go into that. But a church member can warm a pew and feel like they did their job. A kingdom ambassador understands their real assignment begins on Monday morning when they wake up. Oh, y'all, see, this is too heavy for some people. The church is not here to serve, just to serve needs and to meet our spiritual needs. The, the church is here as the ecclesia of God to give marching orders to the people of God so that we have a purpose to run with. And the message of the kingdom has become a pillar and through that, as a byproduct, we're beginning to understand who we are in God. The Bible is actually full of knowledge regarding who we are in Christ. Individually, we are called disciples. Individually, we are called believers. We're called witnesses. Individually, we are called a new creation, a child of God, an heir, a joint heir, a citizen, an ambassador, a chosen one, a saint, a brother, a sister. The Bible has much to say about who we are in Christ. That's individually. Corporately, the Bible says... Corporately, that we are the body of Christ. Corporately, we are the people of God. Corporately, we are the children of God. Corporately, we are the chosen of the Lord. Corporately, we are the redeemed, the spirits of just men made perfect. Corporately, we are called Zion. Corporately, we are called the family of God, the household of faith, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. There is a revelation of who we are in Christ as the kingdom message begins to be preached and declared and revealed in the earth. One of the assignments and the name given by the word of God to believers in the scripture that is most ignored is this whole issue of kings. We just don't talk about this much in the church. We don't see ourselves as kings and priests of God. 
But I want to tell you from Genesis to Revelation, the revelation of God over you and I is that we would be kings. It didn't even just begin with Jesus. It began in Genesis chapter 17 when God took a man named Abram and said, I want you to go out and look at the sky. Now, I want you to get this. This, was, this is profound. I think it's powerful. I think it was powerful for me. I hope it's powerful and, and it means something to you. God said in the daytime, go look at the sands on the seashore. As plenteous as the sand is on the shore of the ocean, that's how many sons and daughters and that's how fruitful your loins will be. Then at nighttime, he said, go out of your tent and look up in the sky and look at all those stars. See all those stars? Those stars are indicative of the kind of fruit that will be in your loins. It doesn't matter if you're in a day season and you see the sand or you're in a night season and can't see anything. There is always a revelation that exists for you no matter what season that you're in that there is something greater coming out of your life. Hallelujah. And I don't know if it's the sand you're seeing today or if you're in a night season and all you can see is the black sky and the stars lighted up. I want you to know it is a reminder that God is not through with your life yet and he has more in store for you in your future. God tells Abram in Genesis 17 verse 6, he said, out of your loins will come nations and kings. This is in Genesis 17, verse 6, before Jesus ever come. He says to Abram, out of your loins will come nations and kings. I find it interesting that nations and kings are synonymous and they go together. God would never give a nation without somebody who would properly steward those people in that nation. Kings would come out of the loins of Abram because God intended for the earth to be filled with men and women who had the heart and the nature of the Father and would rule and reign with the, with the heart of God. That is the most impressive thing about David, family. The most impressive thing about David is that David had the heart of God. Did David make mistakes? Yes, but did God keep his hand on David? Yes, why? Because you can fall down but still keep a right heart. Don't miss it. You can have made a mistake but still love God. You can have blown it royally but God still love you and have his eye on you because he knows on the backside of a sheep field somewhere you're going to pull out a harp and you're going to beat on a tambourine and you're going to write psalms and you're going to sing songs because if he ever put a gift on your life, come on somebody, I don't care how messed up you feel today, he can reach down and redeem every mistake and get the glory. Glory for it if you'll run back to him. Kings shall come out of thee. Then you skip over to Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. The Bible said he made us kings and priests unto God. Then you flip over to Revelation chapter 5. The Bible said that he made us unto our God both kings and priests. It's exactly what Peter was talking about in 1 Peter chapter 2 when he said, you are a chosen generation, watch this, a royal priesthood. It's the first time royalty has ever been connected to the priesthood. The word royalty in the Greek is, is the same root word for where we get the word king from. It's a priest who ministers unto God but has been given the authority of a king, the royal priesthood. 
You're a royal, kingly priesthood. Priests offer sacrifices and worship to God. Kings make decrees and declare. What God is looking for are people. Oh, I'm getting ready to preach something right here. What God is looking for are some people who have authority and have the ability to make a decree but are not too sophisticated and dignified to remember that the greatest calling of my life is not that I have a title and not that I'm a bishop and not that I'm an apostle and not that I'm a pastor, but that I'm a priest who gets to bring sacrifices of praise unto God. Oh, God, give us some worshiping preachers. I'm going to preach right here for a minute for somebody watching me on Monday morning. You want your congregation to worship? Stop telling them to worship and take your shoes off. Let your hair down. Oh, my God, I'm getting ready to preach myself into a fit. God, give us a worshiping tribe. I'm telling you right now, I'm grateful you're here. But my wife and I were shouting before we had a crowd. And I'll shout all the way to heaven. I'm not not moved by a crowd. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, my God, I feel like praising him in here today. We're a royal priesthood. We're kings dressed in robes of righteousness who get to come before the king of kings and bring sacrifices of worship. And at the end of the day, it's not just my hallelujah that moves him. It's not just my hand clapping that moves him. It's not just my thank you, Jesus, that moves him. Sometimes we offer that, but we don't give him what he really wants, and that's us. I didn't get no help right there. Maybe you didn't understand me, so let me rewind and hit it one more time. It ain't just our hand clapping that moves God. It's not just our foot stomping that moves God. It's not just our outward expressions of praise that move God. That's all praise. But if you really want to be a worshiper, you got to lay yourself down on an altar. And you got to say, God, I'm a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. How would the Bible call me a king? I'm just a church member. I'm just saved. I'm only a believer. That's because that's all you've ever been taught. But I'm getting ready to help you. You are a king and a priest by Christ unto God. If you want to know how somebody as jacked up as me, screwed up as I am, messed up as I used to be, could be seen as a king and a priest, you got to go back to Romans 5. And you got to remind yourself it wasn't your daddy that made you a king. It wasn't your mama and them that made you a king. It wasn't that parking lot prophet that turned you into the king. You and I had nothing to offer God when we were bankrupt spiritually and morally inept and had nothing to give him. The Oh my God, I feel like preaching in here today. The Bible said in the riches of his grace, he gave us abundance and he imputed to us his righteousness, which means the reason I'm a king is nothing I brought to him. I'm a king because of everything he brought to me. How could I call myself a king? How could I call you a king? 
The reason the Bible calls you a king is because you have a king living in you. Look at somebody tell them, there's a king in me. There's a king in me. You ready for this? It's deep. Don't miss this. Chris, there's a king in you because there's a king in you. You caught it. Let me go over here and try. Maria, Dios les, Dios es bueno todo tiempo. Amen. There's a king in you because there's a king in you. I'm going to go one more time. Dustin. King Dustin. There's a king in you. Because there's a king in you. The first time, the first time I ever ran into him at the office after he just got hired, he walked up to me, he said, what's up, king? It's true. We still, when I text him to this day, I text him, I say, what's up, king? He called me that for the first time a king, and I was like, oh, man, that's great. I walked in my office, I was like, But some got a hold of me on that thing. And this revelation of kingship became something that God began to speak into our lives. You must understand when I talk about kings, I'm not talking about the evil kind that use their title and their authority for their own selfish good. Because if you have an impure heart, you do not qualify to receive the authority of the king that God has called you to be. Isn't it amazing that most people who grab for authority disqualify themselves from it? Most people who have authority are those who tried to run from it. I'm not getting no help right there. I get nervous when people start acting like they're the next one in line. Like, choose me, choose me, I'm qualified. No, I don't want you. Because if you think you got it and don't have some fear reservation, if you ain't got some sleepless nights every now and then keeping you up, if your vision is so if it's something you know you can do and you don't have to have the help of God, go to the back of the line. Find me somebody who is like, oh God, I, I was throwing up all day yesterday. I was sick in my stomach all night long. I'll never forget the first time I preached at Winterfest and some of these other places that I preached. I couldn't go out there and act like I knew what I was doing. I was sick all night long. Why? Because I got to remind myself it ain't me that's getting ready to get the job done. It's the king. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a king in you because there's a king in you. If they look like they got offended, I give you permission to get your weave, your purse, and your stuff and go sit somewhere else. There's a king in you because there's a king in you. The story that I read from in Micah chapter 4 is one of the darkest seasons in Israel's history. 
The story is centered around the king of Israel, King Zedekiah. And history tells us he and his people were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar took Zedekiah and his sons. History tells us that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, marched into Israel, raised the city to the ground, burnt the walls, drugged the children and wives out into the street, and the choicest men they slayed, and the others they took into Babylonian captivity. The Bible tells us that Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar left the city in ruins. History tells us that Nebuchadnezzar took Zedekiah, the king, and his sons. And Nebuchadnezzar lined the sons of Zedekiah up and slew them before their father, Zedekiah. And then he took Zedekiah's eyes out so that the last memory he had was the memory of his sons being slain before him. The women are crying. The children are screaming. Houses and, and places of gathering were left in rubble. It is a dark picture of bondage. And out of that hopeless situation, a cry begins to come out of the people of Israel. It's like a cry of hopelessness. It's like a cry of devastation. It's like a cry of someone who's lost it all. And while they're crying, the prophet Micah runs up on the scene. And he says to them in Micah chapter 4, the scripture I read to you, why are you crying aloud? Is there no king in thee? That's what I want to ask a prophetic question to somebody today. I'm already three quarters through with this sermon. But I want to ask somebody the prophetic question today. Is there no king in thee? Where's the king at? Where's the king at? The king that, that used to... The, the king that used to roar on the inside of you. The king that used to operate in authority on the inside of you. Where is the king? Is there no king in thee? That's what I want to ask mothers in this room today. Is there no king in thee? There might be a pregnant mom in this house today and you wonder, can anything come out of me that would change the world? I want to tell you right now, Billy Wilson, who has one of the greatest ministries to children in New York City, in all of our nation, buses thousands of babies in every single Sunday for Sunday school, was born through the womb of a prostitute woman, left by himself on a as a child, sat on a suitcase, and I'm sure many people walked by and said, can anything good come out of this skinny little boy? And I want to tell you, God saw a king in him. Mama, you may not feel equipped for what you've been called to, but there is a king in somebody in here today. I want to ask the church, is there no king in thee? All this craziness going on in the world, all this foolishness happening around us, and it seems like the church just cannot get its act together. I'm telling you, something's happening in the church. God is raising up a group of, a tribe of remnant people, and they're saying, you know what? There's a king on the inside of us. We're not a hell. Is there no king in thee? Elijah had that king in him. When he had that king in him, he could walk 
into the courts of Ahab and say, for three and a half years, it's not going to rain. That's how you talk when the king's living in you. Somewhere or another, he lost the king. And he ran to a cave. And he hid out in a cave. And he wanted to die with his fathers. But I came to tell you, the story didn't end that way. He got the king back. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us he went back and he was responsible for, for anointing the king, Jehu, who would destroy Jezebel. And when Elijah left this earth, he didn't leave whimpering, whining, complaining, moaning, and hurting. He left with the king standing up on the inside of him. He climbed up in a chariot of fire and God took him out of this world in a whirlwind. I'm telling you, somebody in here today, the king's getting ready to stand back up in you. Woo! Samson had the king on him. He had that king inside of him. When the king stood up in Samson, he could tear cords and he could slay men with the jawbone of a donkey. When the king stood up inside of him, he could tear a lion's mouth apart, but he lost the king. He lost the king for, for a 90 Five-pound young lady named Delilah, he laid his head in her lap and told her all the secrets of his spiritual life, and she cut his hair. And you know the story. When she cut his hair, the vow of a Nazarite was broken, and he lost his power with God, and they gouged his eyes out, and they made him work like a slave as he pushed the stone of the Philistine. But the Bible said before Samson died, the king stood back up in him. Hey, I don't know who I came to talk to, but somebody is getting ready to have a king stand up on the inside of you again. You're not going out dead. You're not going out destroyed. You're not going out broke, busted, and disgusted. You're a king because there's a king in you. Samson didn't die a failure. Samson slayed more enemies in his death than he did in all of his life. You say, brother, well, that's, that's Old Testament. Good, I'll go to the new. Peter had the king living in him. Oh, yeah. Peter had the king living in him when he walked out on the water. That king rose up in Peter when he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. But he lost the king. When he lost the king, not only did he make a horrible mess, he denied the Lord three times. Oh, but I want to tell you, it didn't end for Peter in death and, and destruction because the king stood back up in Peter. You say, where did it happen? It happened in a, in a story over in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the same man who had failed the Lord and denied him three times is the same guy who steps up under a spout where the glory was pouring out, got up under an anointing, opened up his mouth and said, these men are not drunk as ye suppose, it being the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel and that man Peter who it looked like was good for nothing got under an anointing and preached one sermon and 3,000 people got born again the king stood back up in Peter I don't know who I'm preaching this for I don't know where you are in life but is there no king in thee why are you still snorting crack why are you still There's no king in thee. I want to tell you this morning, somebody is getting ready to stand up 
in you. He's not the kitty cat. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And as loud as the enemy has been in your ears, a roar is getting ready to come from Zion. How? There no king in you? Daddies, there no king in you? Hey, you want the king to rise up in your children? Start speaking to the king in them. You keep calling the fool out of them, they'll keep acting like one. But you start calling the king out of them and they'll start standing up like a king. My God, this is too simple for some people. You can't run around your whole life saying you're good for nothing. You'll never be anything. You're just a has-been, a wanna-be, a gonna-be. No, no, no. Look at your children and say, I see a king in there. I know you're struggling right now. Your grades may not be all that good. You might be a tad overweight. You've got some pimples on your face, but I see a king. Oh, God, who am I preaching to? My God, he's raising up a generation of our children hell won't know what to do with. Is there no king in thee? Oh, God, I feel like preaching. Is there no king in thee? I love that. There's a king in you, big guy. There is a king in you. Mama, what's his name? Ethan? Ethan, there's a king in you, baby. <laughs> Mark this day down, Mama. I prophesied there's a king in that boy. He will not be a statistic. Jump, Ethan. Jump, Ethan. Praise the Lord, baby. There's a king in you. God, if you don't help me shout, I'm going to shout by myself. There's a two-year-old baby over here who's getting this revelation. Don't let it miss you. There's a king. There's a king. Oh, God. Can I see him? Will you come up here? Come here. I didn't have you in my sermon. You just interrupted my message. Come stand him right here, mama. Is there a king in you? You're scared now. He just caught the revelation. There's a king in you, Ethan. He was dancing better than this back there. This is where we need to begin to speak over them. There's a king in you. Well, Brother Wallace, I'm a teenager, and it's just so hard to live for the Lord. And, you know, all this peer pressure. And, you know, you know. We need to turn that thing around. The peer pressure needs to be on the crack smoking. You ought not be able to come to church. 
Thank you, Ethan. How many are going to pray for Ethan that God does something mighty in his life? We love you, baby. <laughs> he freaked out. <laughs> Peer pressure ought to flop. The people who feel weird are the people who should feel weird are the people who don't pray in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> The people who feel weird are the people who are still coming to church and, and drinking and snorting and sleeping around. They ought to feel out of place. Not the Bible quoting, scripture knowing, Holy Ghost filled. No, no, no. This thing is all backwards. You think you're the one that's weird. I want to tell you, you think you're the one that's a little uncool. Honey, heaven moves when you open your mouth. I don't care if your high school knows you're a king or not. If you got Christ living in you, there's a king in you. There's no king in thee. God wants us to operate in authority. Amen. That don't mean we don't have bad days. Amen. It just means when we have them, we still understand who we are, and our day doesn't change our identity. There's no king in thee. Wives, Call the king out of your husband. Uh-oh. You know that sorry joker? <laughs> he don't never finish no projects. Burnt the minute rice. My God, I don't even know what I got here. I dare you to start calling the king out of him. The next time he breaks the birdhouse and the next time he ruins everything that had directions and it don't come out like it was in the front of the box. Say, baby, you know what? You are bad to the bone. Call the king out of him. You ain't nothing but a lazy low down. Stop right there. You better stop, woman. <laughs> don't let the devil get you killed. You better sit down. <laughs> I'm trying to keep you out of trouble. So I'm walking over here. <laughs> My God. Help me, Lord. There's a king in thee. Husbands, call that king out of your wife. Listen, we're not just saved church members. We are kings and priests unto God. And as long as you don't know that, Satan is pleased with you sitting in a church going to heaven. But hell gets nervous when you start understanding there's a king rising up on the inside of thee. Woo! This is why there's so much depression in churches. Because they don't let the king rise up inside of them. We let everything else rise to the top. I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. You can't afford to do that. You need to let the king rise up in you. Some of you need to take that authority back you used to have. Some of you need to take that authority you used to have over the enemy. You used to have authority in life. You didn't miss moments. 
You didn't miss open doors. You didn't miss new opportunities. You weren't afraid of something you had never faced before. But something happened somewhere and that king sat down and, and everything else got loud. But today, I just feel like something is happening today. I, I don't know why I felt like it was today, but I felt like a king was getting ready to stand up inside somebody and remind the enemy that there is still a king in me. If you feel like life is out of control, if you feel like you've lost all bearing, and if you feel like you've lost all direction, I came to remind you today, there's a king in you. There's a king in you, Justin, because there's a king in you. And I really feel like today there's some people who need that king to stand up for them again. He will. He ain't through yet. I said he ain't through yet. It's not over. It's not over. There's a king in thee. I had the privilege. I'm through. Rick, you can... I don't know where we're going, but you can move over there if you want to. <laughs> I had the privilege on Friday to conduct a wedding for a very special couple. I don't know, it was probably four years ago when I first got here, Devin and I first got here, that a young lady named Gigi came to a Wednesday night service, raised in church, knew God, but had just lost her way in life fallen completely off the bandwagon, got divorced, started, she would tell you all this, I'm not telling you anything she hadn't told in one million people. <laughs> she tells it everywhere she goes. Goes to the Piggly Wiggly, hey, you, you heard my story yet? You got five minutes? Let me tell you what the Lord did for me. That's how Gigi operates. <laughs> like, Pastor, did I ever tell you? I'm like, Gigi, you told me 22 times. I love every time I hear it. Tell me one more time, Gigi. I had the opportunity Friday to marry a very special couple. Gigi came here four years ago when I first got here. On a Wednesday night, she gave her heart to Jesus and got right with God. Amen. Got delivered from drugs Amen. immediately. She told me Friday, she said, I'm writing a book. I said, what's it about? She said, it's not about 12 steps. It's about one step. What you told me. Hey, here's what's crazy. Come here, Gigi. Come here. Come here. I want them to see I'm not making you up. She got saved and God turned her life around because the king stood up inside of her. On, on Friday night, the same man she divorced how many years ago? 12 years ago, who was raised in a Baptist church and thought we were crazy for the first three months he came, the king stood up in him and the king stood up in her and they got married again this past Friday night. Hey! Is there no king in thee? And when the king stands up, 
Not only does he do something in your life, but he'll do something in the whole family. That young lady that's running is their daughter. She got delivered from homosexuality two years ago. Is there no king in thee? I love you both so much. Somebody take a 30-second praise break. Somebody take a praise break in here. Somebody let the king rise up one more time. Come on. Is there no king in thee? Can anybody, maybe it's just two or three, but can anybody feel somebody rising up that they didn't feel before they got here this morning? But you feel something rising up on the inside of you. What is that preacher? That's the king of glory. His name is Jesus. Somebody let the king rise one more time. Is there no king in thee? Stay standing, I'm through preaching. Oh, Brother Wallace, I got a bill due. I don't know how I'm going to pay it. Is there no king in thee? This is going to sound like the craziest thing you've ever heard. I didn't even tell Devin this, but it's true. There was a season we were getting bills. More bills than I knew what to do with. I said, I'm, I talked to the mailbox one day. This is true. I felt like a crazy man. I walked out to that mailbox, got another stack of bills. People I don't even know wanted money. I told that mailbox, I'm tired of you sending me all these bills. I turned around to walk in my house. And when I did, something rose up on the inside of me. Said, turn around and tell it you want it to receive. Checks and increase. Now, some of y'all can't handle this. Because your little religious self thought that you didn't have any authority. But I'm going to tell you what I did that day. I said, I want you to start receiving checks and increase. And before the Lord, I started receiving checks from places that didn't even owe me money. This is a true story. I started getting checks in the mail from Blue Cross Blue Shield. You know you're blessed if they give you anything. woman I said ma'am I don't understand this I got two checks in the mail last week and I went out today and I had two more checks in the mail she said tell me what they said so I started reading what they said she said oh yes Mr. Wallace this is part of your health insurance it's a reimbursement I said nobody told me I was going to get a Deidre didn't tell me I was going to get a reimbursement I don't know where this money came from she said it's yours I feel something rising up in me right now. I believe it's the king rising up on the inside. Somebody has got to remember there's a king in you. You're not messed up from the chest up, tore up from the floor up, beat up from the feet up, jacked up from the back up. You're the head and not the tail. There's a king in you. There's a king in you. 
When the king stands up, you start making decrees. You know, kings don't beg for anything, Antonio. Kings don't beg for anything. Kings who know their authority in him, they make decrees. Well, it don't happen immediately. What's wrong with you? I didn't say it happened immediately. I just said it had to happen. It may take a little while, but keep on declaring, my babies are coming home. Brother Wallace, you're just a little crazy. No, I'm not. I'm a king. When you're a king, you make a decree to a thing, and it has to line up in the name of the Lord. Is there no king in thee? Let the king stand up today. Let the king stand up inside of you today. Some of you have been saved for a long time, but you haven't felt the king stand up in some time. Throw your hands up right now. Let the king rise up in you if that's you. Just throw your hands up right now. If your hands are up, I pray for you right now in the name of the Lord. Let the king rise up in him today. Let the king rise up in her today. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost with me. The king is standing up in this room today. Hallelujah. There's a king in you, man of God. There's a king standing up in you today, man of God. There's a king in you. There no king. Somebody's got their hands up near you right now. Throw your hand over on their shoulder and just start saying, start saying, thank you, Lord, for, for standing up in them today. Thank you, Lord, for the king is in them today. King is in them today. There's no king in thee. Oh, I feel something happening in here right now. In the name of Jesus, the king. The king is rising up today. The king is rising up in a mama today. There's a mama in here been worried about them babies. The king is rising up in you, mama. Open up your mouth and make a decree. There is a king in thee. Open your mouth. Make a decree. You've got the power. There's a king in thee. Yes, a king in thee. One more time. Open your mouth. Make a decree. You have authority. There's a king in thee. Come on, lift your voice. You don't need me to coach you. Let the king stand up and come up out of your mouth. Come on. Let the king rise up on the inside of you today. Some of you are making decrees over a nation right now. I'm going to tell you, you're affecting things in a nation from a place called Chattanooga because of a decree. Hallelujah. There's a king in thee. There is a king in thee. I want to do it. I want to do it. If you got to go, we love you and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. But I want some mamas. Right now it's just mamas. 
and it ain't every mama, but it's some mamas. There's some mamas that can need to come down to this altar and throw their hands up right now and begin to make a decree over your children right now. I'm opening it up for you, mama. The king is rising up in you this morning, and I just want you to come declaring them babies belong to God right now. Come on. Call their name out and make a decree. Hallelujah. Come on, mamas. Open up your mouth and make a decree. You've got authority. There's a king in thee. There's a king in thee. Help me sing. Open your mouth. Make a decree. You have authority. There's a king in thee. There's a king in thee. Woo! Come on, family, everybody. Sing. Open your mouth, make a decree. You have authority. There's a king in thee, a king in thee, a king in thee, a king of Oshata. Hey, open your mouth, Adam Oshataya. Adam after the glory of the Lord. King in thee, a king in thee, a king in thee, a king in thee. Open your mouth, make a decree. You have authority. There's a king in thee, a king in thee, a king in thee, a king in thee, a king in thee. I feel the king standing up inside of me. Oh. oh, I hear this. I hear this. Oh, release the king. Release the king. Release the king. Somebody open up your mouth. Release the king. There's a king in thee. I feel like maybe I'm maybe I'm off and I might be missing this. So I qualify this. I believe this is the Lord, but I might be missing it. But I feel like there's a pregnant mother in here that I need to pray for. 
a pregnant mama, if you are pregnant with child, I want you to come stand right here right now. And I don't want to put anybody on the spot that hadn't told people yet. So if you hadn't told people yet, okay, so I don't have to go through all the, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Devin, come here, baby. I feel like I'm, I don't know you, sweet girl. I know you come here, but I, I, I believe with all my heart. Come here, Devin. I want you to lay your hand on her belly because I feel like God gave me a word for your child. There's a king in thee. And there's a king in thee because there's a king in thee. You're pregnant too? Do not ever be discouraged if you ever get one report of a complication. There's a king in thee. Peace. What's your name, sweetheart? Who? Catrice. Devin, come here. Lay your hands on Catrice's belly. There's a king in thee. Open your mouth. Make a decree. You have authority. There's a king in thee. A king in thee. One more, Devin. One more, Devin. Just pray with her. Devin, come here, please. Open your mouth. Make a decree. I feel the Lord coming. That's him. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I want every woman, okay, I want every woman in this house who's wanting to have a child but cannot to come stand right here, right now. Open your mouth, make a decree. You have authority. There's a king in thee. I don't do this hardly ever because I don't play with emotions. And I'm not trying to today, dear sisters. I want to come into agreement with you. Every one of you, Hannah's. I want to come into agreement with you that God will give you the desire of your heart and fill your womb with a king. Stretch your hands toward the altar, church. Holy Jesus, in your name, open every womb. mouth make a decree it's okay there's a king in thee Jesus I just ask you God to open their womb and fill it now for your glory for your glory open your mouth make a decree you have authority there's a king in thee Open their wounds, Lord. Fill them with kings. Open every womb, God. Fill it with a king. For the glory of Almighty God, that your will be done, God. In the name of Jesus, you're able. You're able. 
First of all, let's thank God for what he just did and what he's doing. Come on. Sisters, I'm going to ask y'all to do me a favor and slide. Just slide. You can go back to your seat or slide to the left or right. I don't care how you do it. But I, I want to pray for some men, some dads and husbands and fathers who were just about to get your stuff and run to the restaurant. But you feel a king rising up in you for your family today, sir. You feel a king rising up in you today for your family, your sons and daughters, your wife, your house. If I'm talking to you, man of God, come stand with me right now. I, I want the king to stand up on the inside of me. If that's you, come stand with me right now. Children and no children. I want every man of God that needs the king to stand up on the Is there no king in you, brothers? Is there no king in you? You're not weak. You're not anemic. You're not getting pushed over. Is there no king in thee? Come on, Ricky. Come on, Ricky. Open your mouth. Come on. Open your mouth. Make, open your mouth, brothers, right now when the king of make a decree. There's a king in thee. A king in thee. I bless you. Everybody to lift your voice, open your mouth. Open your mouth. Yeah. Make a decree. Make a decree. You have authority. There's a king in thee. There's a king in thee. Oh, there's a king in thee. There's a king in thee. There's a king in thee. Open your mouth. Make a decree. Let the king stand up in him today. Let the king stand up in him today, God. Let the king stand up in him today. Let the king stand up in him today. I call the king of God up here today. Yeah, open your mouth. I call the king of God up here today. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. I thank you, God, for the king in The kibble. Follow the master. Hallelujah! There's a king the king in me. The king of glory. Yeah! Open your mouth. Make a decree.
king rise up today, God. In carry, let the king rise up. Oh, shabba, baba, my go, oh, shabba, In mark, God, let the king rise up. Let the king rise up in front of us, God. Inside of us, God. Rise up, Holy Spirit. Make a decree. In the name of Jesus. something and we're going home brothers listen to me listen to me real carefully there's a shift coming in your homes there's a there's a shift coming in your homes and here's the shift I'm seeing some of you were shouting until I'm getting ready to say it then you're not going to be able to receive it but God's going to let you have the grace to receive it. Some of you have been running to keep up with your wife spiritually. But your pace is getting ready to change, sir. I call, I call out of you men of God in this altar. And every one of you in this church today. Your pace is getting ready to change. Because a king is getting ready to stand up on the inside of you. And this, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I see men coming in the door and just trying to disconnect from the world because of the stress. And you're disconnecting from your wife and you're disconnecting from your kids and you're disconnected from God. And you just want to hide. I've been there, brothers. I know what you're feeling. But your pace is getting ready to change because a king is standing up inside of you today and God's about to start talking to you in ways you cannot ignore. And you sisters are going to say, my God, he caught a fast. I see men and women of God running together. No loss of momentum. Sisters, no more slowing down. You're going to have to speed up to catch up with them. There is a shift coming to homes. If you receive it in your house, lift your hands right now. Some of you have been trying to figure this spiritual thing out. 
You've been saying, I'm not as crazy as my wife. Your wife's not crazy, sir. Your wife is radical. Where you been? Your wife is radical. Where you been? It's time to quit worrying about what your brothers and your, and your dark buddies and your football buddies and everybody's going to think about you. They need the line. They need the king that is on the inside of you. Yeah. And babies you're raising need the king in thee. And I call it out of you right now, brothers. Men of, God, men of God, I call the king in thee out today. God is standing up in the king in thee is standing up. It's time to run. This house is getting ready to run with purpose. This entire house, this church is getting ready to run with vision. And I'm going to need about seven or 800 men of God who don't give one flying rip about what the culture and the age and the world around them have to say. My God, we're going to storm it and we're going to take it for the glory of God. We're going home. But not before we give him the best praise we've given him all day long. Everybody all over the house, let the king rise up one more time. Let the king rise up one more time. Father, I thank you for the king. Come on. I thank you for the king in thee. I thank you, God, for the king in this man of God. I bless him today. I bless him today. I bless him today. There is a king in thee. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a king in thee. There's a king in thee. There's a king in Last thing, probably. The next, and I hope this doesn't sound carnal to you or fleshly. You have to hear it in the spirit I'm saying it in. The next wave, not of momentum, but of force. There's a difference between force and momentum. I said there's a difference between force and momentum. Momentum is I can have a buggy right here. I can push this buggy and let it go. And it'll roll for a minute. But it's not being carried by force. It's being carried by momentum. Force is I'm going to keep my hands on the buggy and I'm going to push it all the way across the stage. And if I hit a bump, it won't make me lose momentum because force just pushes me over the bump. Here's what I heard the Holy Ghost say. The next wave of force, of kingdom force in this house will come through the men of this house. That's all I got. I'm not gonna add to, I'm not gonna add to it or take away from it. They are getting ready to be some kings and priests stand up in this house that are going to shake nations, that are going to shake generations, that are going to shake job places, that are going to shake the technology field. The industries are going to start having a witness of the king and he's the king in you.
I bless you all. I love you all. I'll see you at 9 a.m. next Sunday or 7 p.m. this Wednesday. Shake hands with 307 people. Hug each other and go in the peace of the Lord. Come on, let's sing that one last time, Pastor Tobin. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth.